You're listening to the FYI podcast where we talk about all things faith, life, adulting, relationships, finances, and more. I'm Josiah Keneally. And I'm Mecca Keneally. And we're your hosts. And so thank you for sharing this episode, subscribing. That helps us reach more listeners with the message of FYI, the message of Jesus, which mm-hmm. is all about adulting mm-hmm. and following Jesus in our years as That's a right. 20-something. We unpack one of your questions every week. This week, what is our question? Um, Hi, my name is Janaea Dudley, and my question would be, what advice would you give to yourself before entering the admissions field? Today's question is, what advice would you give yourself before you leave for the mission field? Excellent question. And we know this came from some friends that are local in our neighborhood, but also going to school for missions, for ministry across the globe, across the world, on any and all fronts. So that's where that question comes from. And Josiah, do you want to go first of maybe just start out with the first one? Like, what would you, what would you tell yourself? What would you be prepared for? Or what didn't you not even know along the way? Whatever you want to unpack there. Yeah. I love this question, whether you're called to um, maybe a college campus, to be mm-hmm. a campus missionary, the Chi Alpha crew, InterVarsity, something that you're um, at Normadale or the U of M or somewhere, and, and you're really passionate about college students. Mm-hmm. You know, they're called campus missionaries. Maybe that's local missions. Maybe you're called globally to um, a life sharing the gospel among a people group that's not your own. And I would just say, that whatever you know you're called to, you might be in the marketplace mm-hmm. and feel like, hey, that's a little bit of a mission field for you. Yeah. I would just say that when I think of missions, I immediately think of Acts chapter one. So if there was a verse of the day, it'd be these two verses, Acts 1, 4, then I'll get to Acts 1, 8, but it says, and this is red letters. This is Jesus talking in the period of 40 days after mm. He was resurrected from the day dead, but before the day of ascension to the right hand of the father. Right. So there's 40 days that he's on earth. This is what he says. On one occasion, Acts 1-4 documents, while he was eating with the disciples, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my mm-hmm. father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Goes on to say in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in all Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. That's good. Yeah. The first piece of advice I would give myself before Mm -hmm. going in the mission field that I would give somebody training for local or foreign missions is this. We get it in Acts 1-4. Don't leave Jerusalem without the Holy Spirit. I think what Jesus is trying to say is rely on me, mm-hmm. not your own strength. Don't boast in your own ability. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on your own gifts. Rely solely on the power of God through the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And pride comes before a, a fall. So I don't want to go into missions. I don't want you to go into missions relying on your own strength because that's pride. I think if I were to just say anything, it would be rely on the Holy Spirit. We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. We need boldness. We need courage. We go forth not in our own strength or ability, but you could be an introvert empowered by the Holy Spirit. You could be afraid to share the gospel, but empowered by the Holy spirit, you'll be filled with boldness, courage, power. Yeah. And, um, the last thing would be this. If there's anything that you would change 
hypothetically, theoretically, someday in the distant future, mm-hmm. change it today. Yeah. Don't wait for tomorrow. Don't wait to get overseas. Don't wait to get into the foreign mission field or on a university campus. Change it today. If if there's something that we're about to talk about or unpack, as Micah shares mm-hmm. her advice, if there's something that you need to change that you feel like God convicting you about, don't wait for tomorrow. Change it today. Right. The mission's you know, it begins today. It starts now. And I would just say like how young adults today, how we're able to do what we're able to do. We're essentially funded as missionaries to a generation. Mm -hmm. Before this though, we were on a college campus as missionaries funded to share the gospel and, and beyond somebody giving or praying. It's just like, we're compelled by the gospel and we want to share the goodness of, of God with our generation. Yeah. I think it's good to walk out in that boldness. How I would respond to that is simply saying, I'm going to go more practical when I say this. So if you're like, Josiah, we get the Bible. We understand that. We definitely want to lean into the word of God, but also just really like, do you know that you're called into missions and ministry? Are you, what, when did it, was it birthed in your heart? Because along the way in missions and in ministry, you might forget why you do what you do Hmm. when you rely on your flesh and not the spirit. So I would even say on that, go back to that moment that you knew that you knew that you knew so that God good. spoke to you, whether it's a people group, whether it's a location, whether it's a demographic of age range, whatever that is, is like, know that you know that you know, and birth that in prayer, let it marinate in prayer. And if you ever question, ever come up against God, have you really called me to do this? The answer probably still is yes, but you may need to just change your perspective. So wow. it's not even the direction. It could be your perspective and your mind, your mind and your thinking. So just keeping that in the back of your mind when you're in ministry, That's always a question that might arise to the surface at the most inopportune times. And just to do a personal check. So um, I would say, number one, don't go alone. Do not go into missions or ministry alone, whether that is a team of people, whether you're teaming up with a already established mission uh, or ministry across or overseas. If you're called to start something, you should probably be a part of something and under somebody else's leadership and become maybe uh, a partner under that or whatever God will orchestrate. I'm not saying you can't start your own thing. You most definitely can. We did, but we're still under the umbrella of a spiritual covering, whether that is um, your church organization, whether it's AG, whether it's Catholic, whatever it is, like you are under some form of a spiritual covering. So don't go alone. Jesus didn't go alone. He never sent out his disciples alone. There's always two by two, or they did the the 12, they did life together. So I would encourage you don't go alone and find your tribe now and do with people you love and that you you know, you'll love at the end of your life and not loathe in the process of ministry. <laughs> to unpack that, I, I hear you parsing out like you need a sending yeah. group, a group of people that praise, gives, sends. Yep. And then you you don't want to arrive overseas and be the only person that you know yeah. who speaks English. Like yeah. there's strength in numbers. We yeah. need, we, yes, we're called a mission and evangelize and share mm-hmm. the gospel, but we don't want to just show up thinking that were the next apostle Paul, like yeah. he had partners in the gospel. Yeah. And, and so I think it's like partnering with those who send us yeah. and partnering with those on the field. Most definitely. Teens. Yeah. And I think even a segue into my second point is when you don't go alone, like you have prayer partners, you have financial partners, you have church partners, you have parachurches, whatever that is and looks like is kind of dependent up to you, your involvement. But I would say, don't go into the mission field until you get your finances in order. 
Meaning like, don't go to the most prestigious college. that's going to put you in debt, a hundred thousand dollars. If you can take classes somewhere very similar and it's only a couple thousand, or maybe you can do it completely debt-free. Like Josiah really likes to talk about and unpack the finances and how you can go to school and not, you know, walk into the mission field. So one thing when we stepped into ministry and missions is uh, you cannot be in debt. Mm-hmm. And I think so many people, young adults that I talk to are like, I can't wait to go change the world at age 22. When I'm done, I'm going to go do this. Okay. I'm not downplaying that and saying that you're not called to do that. That's amazing. But those four years that you are at a university and you are spending 20, 30, 50,000 plus dollars a year, where is that money coming from? How are you paying it off or who is paying for it more or less? Is it you charging up those numbers and not realizing how much you're going to graduate with? Because money doesn't fall off of trees, but I'm saying God can make a way when there is no way. So if you maybe are in that boat already, and maybe it's a part of the administration of the blessing and sending process that you cannot be in debt, especially in missions overseas, get out of financial debt as much yeah. as you can. Stewardship. And in addition to that, I would say with that fundraise, you need to be fully funded before you go out. I mean, like 110 to 120% fully funded, knowing that if all, you know, people stopped giving, could I have two or three months cushion or four month cushion, maybe six month cushion of transition time if all my givers stopped giving and supporting or whatever happened in the world. So just being mindful that when you're meeting people, when you are connecting with people, when you are networking with people, we don't look at them as a dollar bill of a potential giver. We look at them as a friendship and we lean into a friendship and share the vision. And the vision doesn't always need to come through a meeting. The vision comes through our lifestyle. And we don't want to get to the end of our life and wondering while people are at our funeral celebrating our life, what was this person all about? They should know it while we're alive. And then they get to celebrate what and how they've personally been impacted or what they've been encouraged to do along the way from God and from that person. So Mm. keeping in mind, just like get fully funded, bathe everything in prayer. And I'm just saying like, you need to start praying for the people that if your heart doesn't break for the people that you're called to, you're probably not called to those people. Yeah. And I would just pose this question for anybody called to missions and ministry on any level, any front, maybe in the marketplace, like when's the last time you cried for the people that you're called to? When's the last time like you cried over and wept and mourned for that generation or for that people group or for that country? And it's not the devastation in that country. It's the people that are being impacted by the devastation. So if it's something and they have hurricanes, we're not mourning the hurricane. We're mourning the people were impacted by the hurricane. So just thinking of like, if you're called across the globe, what impacts and what pulls your heart? And if it's not the people, then what is it? Because the people are the thing that we should like, that's the thing that should wake us up is the people. Um, so those are the couple of things I keep in mind. Be everything in prayer, get your finances in order with your funding and don't go alone. And I'm not saying that we did all these 100% well or we failed at all of these. These are just things that I don't think they teach you in the classroom necessarily. And they may touch on it, but they they don't go in depth. And then you're like, oh, wait, principle is what for my loan? And what's a grant? What's a loan? So even just knowing the basics and the thing is you need to be an advocate for you. Single adult, married adult, family listening, you need to learn how to be an advocate for you and your family or you and your individual walk with the Lord first and foremost. So I think you should keep that in mind because your parents aren't going to be there hundred percent of the time pulling you out of whatever 
problem or debt that you're in because there's responsibility. Like you're responsible for you. You are an advocate for you. And Jesus is there for you. Don't get me wrong. So if he said it, he will do it. He will bless and send. But just knowing the timing is crucial, right? We don't want to jump the gun too soon. And we don't want to come into a foreign country or on a campus or in a workplace and think that we have all the answers and believe we have all the answers. Jesus is the ultimate answer, Mm -hmm. yes. But our approach and relationships along the way is essential and crucial to the human heart. So, yeah. Along the way, the greatest story ever told is that Jesus, God, mm-hmm. sent his son Jesus yeah. because he loved us. Mm-hmm. He loved humanity so much that he sent his only son to die, to live a perfect life, to die mm-hmm. on the cross, to be buried. And now there's an empty tomb because he resurrected and he ascended to the right hand of the father. And so we get to become storytellers and we tell the the greatest story ever told. Mm -hmm. And I think along the way to learn that art of storytelling, Mm -hmm. telling the story of God, telling the story of those who were like the blind man healed by Jesus Saul, who became Paul yeah. and, and had a transformed life, your own story. And I would just say this, we want to shine a light to, to recognize Acts 1-8. There is an ends of the earth mm-hmm. and there is a 42% of the globe. Right. Hundreds of unreached people groups who have not heard the name of Jesus or the story of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that should motivate us. Mm-hmm. Like we want to shine a light on the fact that there's 42% of the world that has never heard the name of Jesus. Right. And so what do we do? We're all called to do something about that. It's called the great commission. So I think that John Piper said it best. He said that missions exist because worship doesn't. Right. So are we going to pray about this? All of us can pray. Mm -hmm. Are we going to give to this? All of us can give. And are we going to go? short term or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. I think that we're all called to some form of praying, giving, sending, going. Mm -hmm. And so asking God in your prayer time, like, God, what about India? Mm -hmm. What about China? What about the unreached people groups? What about the the 1040 window? What about the 42% of the globe that has no access to the gospel? And has not yet heard the name of Jesus or the Mm -hmm. hope that we have for all of eternity and for eternity present here on earth. Yeah. And so we just want to leave that and may it be a pebble in our shoe to say that we are the global church. We are the bride of Christ. And part of our mandate is until all have seen and heard, you're listening to the FYI podcast. Mm -hmm.